You're listening to episode 29 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. If you love an amazing Cinderella story, you either already know or soon will fall in love with Gigi Butler. She is the proud owner of Gigi's Cupcakes, which has sold over 1 million delicious cupcakes and grosses over 35 million in sales annually. She has over 115 stores throughout the U.S. and Gigi is a speaker. She's been on TEDx. She has a new book out. She's the author of The Secret Ingredient, which I read and loved, and I felt like her story just spoke to me, hence why I asked her to be on the show. And she's featured in The Shark, Damon John's book, The Power of Broke. But the reason I knew that Gigi's story would speak to you guys too is not just because of her successes of today, but the road that she traveled to get to them. It hasn't been a linear or easy journey for her, just like it hasn't been for anyone that's found true success in business or in life. And her story just it speaks to my soul, and I know it will speak to yours too. She's been an undercover boss, which she talks a bit about today, the TEDx stage, as I said before, and she's being recognized everywhere, not just for her business or even for her incredibly delicious cupcakes, but as a go-getter and female entrepreneur that all of us can look to for both inspiration and direction. I can't wait for you all to be inspired by her story, to learn some incredible lessons in entrepreneurship, in business, and in life. And I just know she does like a mic drop that has my mouth hanging open. I wanted to put my hands up like prayer hands, preach girl. It was so good. Let's get to the show. Okay, so I am so excited to have you on today, Gigi. Thank you so much for being here with us on Scaling Up. Thank you. I'm so excited myself. I've been following your journey for a few years, and I recently read your book, which I love, by the way. I know I mentioned that to you before. Your story is so inspiring and makes me want to grow as an entrepreneur and be better in that space, but also so many of your personal stories along the way. They just spoke to my heart and I'm dying for our listeners to really get to know you and your story because I think it's going to be so poignant for them in the space that they're at now. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more (laughs) about where it all began back in the day. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll give a little shorter version, but I am Gigi Butler and I'm the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes. And I've always been an entrepreneur. I started uh, dreaming at seven. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to Nashville and be a country music singer, songwriter. I pursued that goal since seven, but I needed a place and something to do as far as money. So I decided to start my first business at 15 called Gigi's Cleaning Company. And so I would clean during the day and go to school, of course. And then sing country music at night. I started singing professional at uh, about 17. And I got my first band at 17. And so about 19 years old, I really felt like I needed to move to Nashville. And I had told my parents at seven I was moving to Nashville. <laughs> they thought I was crazy, but wow. they still supported me. And they were always supportive of my dreams. And they taught me not to fear failure. What I think is the most important thing is people feel so afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. 
And they, I was never, I didn't even know about fail. I knew failure, but I didn't know how to fear it. I saw failure as definitely a uh, motivator instead of a obstacle. So at uh, 19, I said, you know, I'm going to move to Nashville. And I dropped out of college. Don't recommend that to anybody, but <laughs> took my second semester college money, made a music demo and moved. And the thing about moving is it's such a huge, I was in California at the time I lived in the high desert, such a huge leap of faith because you leave everything that you've known. I had $500 to my name, knew no one, didn't have a place to live, didn't have a job. But I knew that if I didn't take that leap and if I didn't fight that, that being afraid that I would never know. And so took the leap and started working at Red Lobster when I first got here built up my cleaning business and then eventually just cleaned during the day and then started singing at night and did that for many, many years and started cleaning for very high profile business people, very successful uh, music artists, recording artists, musicians, lawyers, doctors, lots of people that really taught me about business and about how to be successful. Now, I may not have gone to college on that, but if you're in a room and you're dusting a guy's desk who's a you know, multi-multi-millionaire and he says, come over here, let me show you the stocks today and let me show you why I'm selling and buying. And as I'm dusting his desk, I may not have been in a school facility, you know, school environment, but I was learning so much from my customers who had been so successful. So I think that's a huge priceless thing that no one really gets is that experience through just learning. Oh, absolutely. And being around success. Mm -hmm. And so that just also taught me about being original, branding. I really got into branding because I was a country music artist and everyone has to have their own brand. Even if you're a singer, you have something about you that's original. So that's where my branding experience came from. And then being in all these high-profile business people's lives, I saw how important branding was and how important having that, their own kind of, what we say here in Nashville is your own shtick, like your own type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where things started for me. There's so much I take from what you've shared so far. The main thing being that knowing and accepting that failure is a part of the process, but it's not what stops you. And I love that along the way, like you came to Nashville to sing, but you started cleaning and then ultimately ended up in cupcakes. And now you're a successful entrepreneur and you've written a book and you're speaking. The path is not linear. And I think it's so (laughs) beautiful that you just kept going because it's going to ultimately get you, get you to where you're supposed to be. Like we come in with our plan and then God kind of laughs at our plan. And then he's like, oh yeah, you want to do this? I don't, uh, yeah, you're going to learn from this. Right. I really, I see you over here. Right. And you <laughs> so. surrounded yourself. I lo- you know, the cleaning business, some people might look at it and say, oh, okay, she started as a cleaning business. She just had to make a little extra money. But the way you positioned your cleaning business and you learned about branding and you surrounded yourself with people who were steps ahead of you in the success process. So you were learning right. from them. There's, it's never in vain. You know, when you just keep going, right. it's never in vain. And I love that about your story. Thank you. Moving forward is never in vain. It always, there's always a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really struck by something in your book, not to jump ahead, but I'm already getting excited to talk about how the cupcake business came to be because (laughs) 
I, I was reading it and I was just so struck by your perseverance. And you talk in the book about how you had to pay the plumber and you <laughs> asked him to wait to cash the check till Monday. And right. to me, it was just a testament to the grit and the faith that you had and, and the belief you had in this dream. And the same time you're opening the doors to what would become such a successful venture, you're also scrubbing toilets by day. Like you're just right. kind of doing all the things. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience of taking that leap? The day before I opened? Yeah. Like what was okay. that? How did that all feel? I mean, <laughs> oh, I read it. I scared to death. I bet. Uh, well, most people don't know that I had uh, taken out $100,000 cash advances on my credit cards. People are like, oh, she just got a loan or family loaned her money. Uh, no. <laughs> so first of all, I had $100,000 that I had to pay back with big interest. And so that was just frightening. And then I came the day before and I came to the store and we were about ready to open and the contractor said, oh, I forgot a bill. And it was a $15,000 drywall bill. That's a, and not a small thing to forget. No. Then I had $33 left in my name. So the only thing that got me up the next morning was belief that if I fail, I fail. I'll pay back $100,000, but I still have to keep going. I can't stop now. And opened my doors and just prayed that you know I didn't know what I was doing. And lines formed. And we instantly were in business. It was the most crazy thing. But what a lot of people don't realize is that I had like 85 clients and I had five girls that worked for me and I was still cleaning houses. I cleaned houses up until we had 13 stores open. That's amazing. And they're like, you got to let this go. You can't do everything. And I thought, you know what? I do. It's time to let go. But I think the hardest thing also that I've had to learn about being an entrepreneur is letting go. You have to let go to grow. And I think people don't understand that. They want to do everything and they want to micromanage everything. Oh no, I could do it all. You can't do it all. And I think that's been one of the hardest and most painful things I've had to learn is letting go to grow. Yeah. There's a lot of surrender in the process. Right. And right. it's humbling. It is humbling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that that's the surrender. That's right. If you really want to grow and you want to be everything that you can be and God wants you to be, you have to surrender. If you don't, you won't be where you're supposed to be. Right. I mean, it's your choice. We ultimately have a choice, but there's such a bigger picture for everyone and everyone is meant to create. It's that surrendering. I love that word. That's great. Yeah, yeah me too. And it's something that sometimes I have to write on my bathroom mirror because mm -hmm. I forget to do it and I try to control the process a little bit right. too much. <laughs> and so, so I think about your journey and the fact that, so how many years was that? You said you were still scrubbing floors, doing the cleaning business until you opened 13 stores. About right. how long was that? Oh, that was about a year. <laughs> We had, we had one, we had 12 stores open in a year. Holy smokes. It was crazy craziness. And I would go get up in the morning and go, you know, start baking at four. And then I'd go check on my girls, probably clean a house for some extra money and then come back to the cupcake shop and close at night. So it was just, was just in a crazy time. And we had end of 2009, we opened February, I opened February 21st, 2008. And then we had 12 stores open by the end of 2009. 
And then the next year we had 35 stores open. The next year we had 60 stores open. Then I mean, it was just like I went from a house cleaner cleaning toilets to a CEO of a company with a hundred stores in five years. Boom. Four How years. How did that happen? Like it was this Okay, I guess I'm just so like, wow, that's mind blowing. And mm-hmm. was that the smart business move? Like, did <laughs> that go well? Or in retrospect, are you like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? You know, I, I don't know if it was smart or not, but it was like a snowball effect. I had never experienced anything that people liked. You know, I had been rejected so many times in my music industry and the music people. No, no, no. I've heard everything. No. So finally creating something that someone liked, actually millions of people liked instantly was this really weird thing. I mean, it was really bizarre. All right. So your story has so much hustle in it. The fact that you were willing to probably sacrifice sleep and a social life and, you know, some of your sanity to be able to manage expanding to all these store locations and getting this business off the ground and having this debt that you're like stressed about at the same time. I feel like now people kind of are a little bit soft and maybe I'm crazy, but not that you have to risk everything, but the point is yeah, like you're not willing to, they're not willing to just go all in and eliminate the plan B and have faith in their journey and then be willing to hustle at night or whatever they, you know, like whatever you have to do to make this dream come alive. People quit so prematurely. What, what are your thoughts on that? Like you, you're probably exposed and see so many other entrepreneurs that cut themselves off the legs because they just aren't willing to do what it takes. I think we've lost the art in this country of hard work. That's what this country was built on working hard and sucking it up, <laughs> not, not being so soft and so politically correct. And so, you know, I'm just so tired of all of that because it does not get you anywhere if you're so on the fence about stuff. You have to be passionate about things. You have to work your butt off and you have to suck it up and quit being so soft. Thank you. Quit being a little wuss. I mean, people are such wusses now. Like, good grief. Get out, work, sacrifice, kick some butt and say, don't say no until you get what you are trying to achieve. But people are like, oh, I failed. Well, then pick yourself up. Oh, I got hurt. Well, you're going to get kicked in the teeth about 5,000 times in your life. You better get used to it. Because if you want to grow and you want to be something that not everybody is, you're going to have to get kicked in the teeth a lot. (laughs) And people just don't want to get kicked in the teeth anymore. I know. They don't want to sacrifice. So that's fine. If you don't want to sacrifice, do your thing. But here's what I tell people that have that creation and have that entrepreneur type of personality inside them. If you're shoving down what your heart is really telling you to create and to do something special, then you're selling yourself short because you are not willing to put it out and work hard. So if you're just, oh, I can't, oh, no, no you're, not, you're not living to your full potential. You need to suck it up and get going. <laughs> Can I get an amen? And oh my gosh, I'm going to put that strip of sound and put it on a loop on repeat. Because it's so true. It's like, what's the alternative? Like to me, people look at it like, oh, well, there's a risk of what people will think of me or what if I fail or what will my parents think or whatever they're, you know. What will society think? Yeah. But what's the the alternative is getting to the the later part of your life and looking back on a life that you lived for everybody else. And you were never willing to take the leap 
And then you're like, oh my gosh, what was it all for? Like I never lived my purpose. And that to me is far scarier far scarier the 8 million failures that will happen oh, along the way that's like like that's the, my biggest fear if i'm 90 years old god if i am allowed to live that that and i'm on my rocking porch and i'm sitting there my, right my porch on a rocking chair and i'm sitting there and i'm going why didn't i why 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 didn't i try why didn't i i don't want to do what if i want to do why not why not and i want to live in in the why not and yeah. if, you, if you're so afraid of what people think about you, okay, well, you're not going to live to your full potential because it's the people that are brave. It's the people that are crazy that like stick their neck out and do something just absolutely, completely abnormal that remain the top dogs. <laughs> so true. It is. <laughs> that get respected in the long run. And I, I think something you just said made me think of it, like the the road you traveled to get here has been crazy. And this is something I think people really forget when they look at someone like you successful and they think you were literally like your mother birthed you atop this mountain. And (laughs) what were some of the defining moments that you remember along the way where you had to like grit your teeth and like where you felt like you were getting kicked in the teeth and said, you know, I either have to up my drive and my persistence or I'm going to quit. Can you think of some of those defining moments? Oh, that stick defining, out to you? I've had so many defining <laughs> moments where I've been, you know, where I could just be behind a potted plant in a fetal position crying, mm-hmm. you know, not getting up for the day. But I think it's, it, 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 there's been so many and there still are so many. I've had a really hard couple of years and I'll tell you, it has been a really hard, people say, oh, she's made it. Oh, she said, no, I have lost Everything gained everything, lost everything, gained everything. But that's the heart of an entrepreneur. You have to just be able to risk it all and lose it all because it's not really about the money. It's about the thrill of creating something. So there's so many defining times. I mean, $15,000 drywall bill, laying on the floor crying, having $33 left to my name, but still getting up and opening my doors the next day. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's been so many things that I, I, I can't, I'd have to write a book about just, just all the that. time. I've just yeah, <laughs> gotten up off the floor and said, okay, I'll figure out a new plan. Okay. Let me think about another way to create. Were you raised that way? What, what were your parents I was, like? I was raised that way. I was raised, my dad was a serial entrepreneur. We had a potbelly pig business. We had a farm. We had an arcade. We had five restaurants. We had That's a hair amazing. salon. We had a, a video route. I mean, my and my dad was a fireman and Los Angeles County fireman. So it was just all this stuff. And every time he failed because he his follow through wasn't the best sometimes. But every time he failed, my mom would be there. Just oh, we can do it. God is good. You know, he'll pick us up. He's got our backs. So I was just taught that. God's got your back. I mean, you might as well just try to step out, step out of the boat. If you fall in the water and you, you know, and you get wet, well, at least you stepped out of the boat. So right. my, my parents were very, very good at just letting me dream big, have a dream for myself, and then supporting me of that. Hmm. And you talk about God a lot. What role has faith played in your, your journey here? Well, uh, I was raised as a Christian, and, and I always knew God. But I think when you finally are alone, by yourself, broke, have no one, and God is the only thing that you have that doesn't disappoint you in your life, 
then you really develop a relationship. And I can honestly say, God is the only thing that I have been able to, family leaves, people get mad, money's gone. Everything in my life has been stripped from me. It just lately, you know, just stripped from me. The only thing I have and the only person that really gets my back is God. And I have learned to have faith in him and to step out and walk on faith. It's not this instant thing, but people are so afraid to step out and and lean on him. You know, if you step out and you're on the wrong path, he's going to let you know. (laughs) It won't take long, but at least you're stepping out. And so my faith has been, and I, I, I said when I moved here to Nashville, you know, if God can deliver the unbelieving Israelites across the Red Sea, you know, and do all of that, well, couldn't he make a place for me in Nashville? I mean, yeah, he can. So that's what I've always believed. Well, if God can, then he can. It's been a lifelong journey of faith and learning to have faith in God. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's been, you know, for me, it's been times where I'm really leaning into my faith and other times where I'm fighting it. But the times right. that I I fight it, ultimately, it brings me to my knees anyway, and I have to lean back in. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not a preacher. That is one thing that I don't ever protest to put my religious beliefs on other people. All I know is what God has done in my life. And that's right. the only thing I can say that uh, he's got my back. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And I think it's a, it's a good reminder. You know, we're not, we're not expected to figure out how to do all right. of this alone. And right. To me, is a and, and once again, if you can't talk about your faith and you can, can't talk about your journey and what, what it's happened with you, your personal faith, then that's also being chained to political correctness. Well, you're talking to the right person because my audience knows, I think in my intro episode back in December, I said, listen, this is the wrong podcast for you. If you expect me to sugarcoat everything, right. you expect me to change who I am for you. You don't have to listen. I'm, I'm not making this for you if you don't like it. Right. And I'm not politically correct. So go elsewhere right. if that's your yeah. jam. So right. we're on right. the same that's page good. that one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> one of the things I really liked that you did in your book was you had those lessons in life and business at the end of each chapter. I liked those almost as much as I liked drooling over the recipes. (laughs) Thank you. But one of them talked about knowledge is power. And you talked about how if you don't know what you're doing, people around you might perceive you a certain way. They might think you're weak. Right. But if you learn everything that you can and you absorb that knowledge, and I think it's implied that you apply that knowledge, you maintain that, that upper hand. So Unpack that for me because I loved it. Well, knowledge is power. And if you don't know what you're doing and you go into an environment where you're, quote, quote, the boss, but people know more in the room than you do as far as what your own business is and what your passion is. So that's why learning from the ground up your business is so important because no one can pull the wool over your eyes. You know, I come into my original store and they try, I'm like, no, no. Because they know that I have the knowledge because I built that thing stick by stick, ground up, ground up. So they can't pull anything over me. I mean, you can't BS me. I'm sorry, because it's not going to work, especially, you know, in the cleaning business. I've cleaned cleaned 65,000 toilets. You cannot go in there and, and try to tell me that you cleaned something. I know that you didn't clean it right because I've cleaned it 65,000 times. So <laughs> knowledge is power. 
if you know what you're doing and you know more about your business than anybody else, they're going to respect you. But it's the people, and I'm not saying you ha- you have to source yourself out and, and find people that are better than you at other things like social media. That's not my forte. So I have my fabulous Sydney doing it. So it's you know you've got to find those people that help you. But if you at your core of your business you don't know what you're doing, people aren't going to respect it as much yeah. because they don't think you've earned it. When you've earned it, people respect you. It's so true. And to tack on to that knowledge is power. It's also confidence because the more you know, and the more you understand what you're doing and you're an expert at you and, and your business and everything that you're growing and building for me, it just has always given me so much confidence when I feel like I'm, Oh, I think I kind of know this, but I'm not so sure. Right. And then I go to speak to it. Like I come off, like you said, like weak or unsure. Unsure. That's the word. And I, it's just so empowering when you have that, that knowledge, it really is power. And I I totally agree with you. Being a woman in business, your business last I heard was generating over 35 million annually in sales. So like you're big leagues. You're also a woman in business in the big leagues. (laughs) Have you felt any of of that, you know, (laughs) pushback from society because you're at the level you're at and you're a woman? Sometimes, sometimes it's been the good old boy system. And, mm-hmm. you know, once we, when we started growing, I had to hire knowledgeable people that did things better than I did, C- CFOs and things like that. And, you know, they would look at me as, oh, you're just the bobblehead of the <laughs> business. And you don't know about, I'm like, listen, good old boy, you better back it up because I know more about this business than you ever will. And That's don't right. treat me like I'm this little figure face little girl that knows no, no. no. So even in the cupcake business, (laughs) there has been that power trip. I'm like, wait a minute. I know you know money real well. I know you know money. I know, I know you understand money, maybe a little bit better than me, but don't you dare (laughs) tell me and put me down. Like I'm this little bobblehead, you know, face of the, oh, face of the brand. No. I built this. You, oh. <laughs> yeah. Get the hell out of Mama's kitchen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's been a lot of that, and people are like, "Well, there's probably not any of that in cupcakes." Whenever there's money, I don't care if it's cupcakes or lingerie or cleaning supplies. Whenever there's money, there's power, mm-hmm. and that's when the big old good old boys come in, and some of the women too. I'm not saying it. <laughs> it has nothing to do what the product is. If there's money power and greed starts to take place. <laughs> so yeah. it's, that's a hard thing to balance for sure. Mm-hmm. I watched your episode of Undercover Boss. <laughs> right. How, what, I just, just for fun, how was that experience? What was that like? And I guess, what did you learn from it? It was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've done. There's the four hardest things I've ever done is birth a company, birth a child, go on Undercover Boss, do TEDx and write a book, the five things. Those are the five hardest things, but they have been the most rewarding. And Undercover Boss was one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. What I learned is that there's so many passionate people that love this brand that I, I, we grew so fast, so I couldn't, I don't know every employee, but I just realized how many passionate people loved what I had created. And it was just such a great thing. There was a lot of inconsistencies in the brand because we grew so fast, and that was really frustrating. But we learned, I learned that, you know what, you got to be consistent. And if you're going to have a company with over 100 stores across the country, you have to be consistent. Consistency is the key to any business. 
So that's what I learned the most. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that's a missing piece for so many people when they're building their business is they're kind of floundering and throwing a bunch of things out there and they're not doing, you know, the the foundational things over. Right. It's not glamorous. It's not no. the sexy part of building a business, but it's no. the behind the scenes stuff that has to happen to be successful. There was another story that you told that I loved. And to me, it was just such a testament to, you know, you were just talking about this brand that people were so excited and passionate about that you built maybe without even totally realizing it about that homeless woman that would save up each week to get her cupcake. And I just, I read it and it just hit me because it was just this overwhelming emotion of like, oh my gosh, you know, for you, you must've just felt like, whoa, there's a lot of purpose behind what I'm doing here. This is not just about cupcakes or some shop that I'm expanding. Right, right. And it was was the lady, she would come in every week and she would say, I've saved up my money and I live in a shelter, but I, I come in every week to get a Gigi's cupcake. And I was like, wow. That is, she goes, it's my only special treat that I could have for once a week. And it's a $3.50 treat that people can't afford if they save up. If you only have one a week, then that's something. And it just really struck me. I'm like, gosh, people really think of this as a gift and as something that, that they treasure. Mm-hmm. And I still have, I mean, on my, my original store, I'm still there two or three days a week. And I have lots of homeless people. And this one lady comes in and I, I said, now I've given her, given her, given her. I said, now it's time. If you really want this cupcake, I've picked up the parking lot this morning, go and pick the parking lot up and let me give you a cupcake. So I said, if I can pick up the parking lot trash, you can, and you can work for this cupcake. I'm not going to give it to you anymore. Let's teach you how to work for the cupcake. <laughs> so there's still people that come in every day that happened last week. So. That's awesome. And that brings us right back to that, you know, being being willing to work for what you want in life, you know, it's this attitude that people have now that they're entitled to whatever it is and and everyone else will bail them out and help them out. But the concept of like anyone can live, no matter how devastating your circumstances may be, and there are some devastating circumstances out there, you have the choice to lift yourself up by your bootstraps. And that's not to belittle anyone's journey because I, I mean, I know what people go right. through and it's, right. it's not to say it won't be the hardest thing in the world, but we all have right. choices, you know, and I think that's a good example of that. Yes, it is. You've done some, you were featured in Damon John's book. Right. One of the sharks. I love it. <laughs> yes. That. The power so did, of broke. Yeah. So how did that, I mean, you definitely know the power of broke. So how did that come to be? Well, I, number one, I love that man. He is, I'm one of his biggest fans. And when he and his co-writer called me, they were looking for people all across the country that had started out kind of like me. And they, I think they'd found about a hundred businesses and they narrowed it down to, I think there's 12 and they really wanted me to be in it. And I just thought, wow, what an honor. And it was a great thing to be, and he's a national bestseller. Uh, he has millions of followers. It was wonderful. And then for me to go to New York and be able to give him my book and say, hey, you've been a really, he wrote a forward in my book as well. And like, you've been a really great example. So we still keep in touch. And he has been one of the coolest role models I have. That's so awesome. I'm a Shark Tank junkie. And I love him. yeah, I just love him. I think he's so, so creative. Great. Yeah. Speaking of who inspires you, who are some of the people along the way or maybe today that 
you look up to or are guides in your life or maybe were in the past. I just think that's such a, we never get to where we're going alone. And even if it's from a distance, learning from people, who are some of those people for you? Well, some of the the big people are Joyce Meyer. I -hmm. listen to her a lot and I just love her bluntness and I love her power and she's not ashamed to be who she is. So I love that. I've really loved Reba McIntyre. Not only is she an amazing singer, but she's an amazing businesswoman. I, I don't think a lot of outside of Nashville people know what an amazing businesswoman she is and how she just keeps going and she just keeps recreating herself and doing plays on Broadway and then having a TV show and then having a, a fashion line. I mean, she's just that type of person that recreates and just so like gutsy and doesn't, doesn't take no for an answer. So she's been a huge example for me, Damon John. And I've got lots of friends that have really just been there for me and lots of private friends that I've just have been there to counsel me. And a guy named Steve Steff, he's a guidance counselor for Fortune 12 companies, not Fortune 500, but he's just a great guy and he has an amazing business and he's really taught me a lot to be a good business person. Hmm. Yeah. Those people that they lift us up along the way, it's just priceless. They do. They do. What would you tell someone, you know, a lot of our listeners are at some kind of crossroads, either they're trying to take the business that exists to the next level. And it's scary. Like you, you hit a ceiling and you're, you have to do a, it's almost like recreating yourself. Like you were just saying about Reba McIntyre, like you have to do something big again, you get kind of comfortable in the success and you're like, okay, if I want to go to the next level, it's going to require a whole new version of me or the people who are still kind of stuck in the starting gate you know, they have a dream, but they're facing a lot of uncertainty. How would you coach someone through that? Or like, what's something that you would want to tell someone in that spot? Well, I'd like to tell people that you never really make it. Like you, you make it and you've made money or success and you've had some sort of accolades, but I'm at the part of my life where I'm recreating myself again. And I feel like I've never made it. So I, I don't know if a true entrepreneur ever feels like they've made it, I think there's always a challenge to do the next thing and to create yourself and create a better version of yourself. So uh, my favorite quote of all time is life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself by George Bernard Shaw. And I find that it's just, I don't think you've ever made it. I have not made it. I still have so many things I want to do. Reba McIntyre, I guess she has, well, she's made it, but you know what I mean? She's still creating. So I would tell people, you've never really made it. I don't care how much money you have. If there's still something in your gut that you feel like you need to do, then fight the fear and do it because you're supposed to be bigger than what you think you are. And God has a huge plan for you. Yeah. You just have to step out. Mm-hmm. Bigger than we could ever imagine. Right. So speaking of, what's next for you? Well, I've started a YouTube channel, a cooking channel. I'm going to do a film one today over for lime pie. And I am really wanting to do a big time cooking show with a, I can't say who it is yet, but we're looking into that. And I would love to just be a public speaker more. I mean, I'm already twice a month, but I'd really like to get out there and speak more. I'd like to do that. And I'm looking to write another book, a cookbook this time, a full, full on cookbook. So that's being pitched around. I already wrote the book, 
I wrote it before I wrote The Secret Ingredient. And so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's happening. My textile line just came out. And I don't know. I've, I'm a full-time mom. So having her and raising her is my first priority. And everything else is second. But I do have to support her. And mm-hmm. I'm a sole supporter. So I have to keep going and just keep trying to create to support but yet be balanced enough to where I'm the best mom I can be. That's amazing. Well, you're quite the example for your daughter. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So where are the best places people can come find you? Because I know our listeners are going to be excited to connect with you in some capacity or follow your journey. Right. Well, I'm official Gigi Butler on Instagram and Facebook. You could go online at ggbutler.com. And my textiles are there, my book, you could buy my book there, and I will personally sign it for you. And you could buy it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble also, but I could, I'll send you a personal signed copy. And just for right now, that's the best, best place to get in touch with me. Awesome. And I highly recommend that everybody gets the secret ingredient. That's Gigi's book. I read it cover to cover and I took so much from it and it was so Thank inspiring. You. So that's a must read for our audience. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. And I know that you just poured value into us. So we're super grateful. And I know I was so inspired by your journey. I know that our listeners will be too. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.